radioinfluence.com. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Live Bold and Boss Up Podcast. Yes, that is right. It's your favorite podcast. It's definitely our favorite podcast. We're having a blast over here. We chat with Eve Katz from BBJ Latavla. She gave some great value in this episode. If you're a business owner and you're looking to ways to keep your employees, definitely stay tuned. What else did she give for value add? I feel like there was a ton. Also, when to know if you're in the right role or not, like where you're meant to be, which I thought was great. Yeah, a lot of things that we need to make sure that we think about on a daily basis or weekly basis, right? Check in, right? And it's all about the journey. Yeah. Not the destination. Absolutely. So I I really loved like when we were chatting the other day, um, going into your story, because I was like reading my notes again and, you know, put stuff together and... um, I don't have, it doesn't have to be the title, but I was like, it made me think of, um, you know how when you're a little kid and everyone always asks you, well, when we were little kids, everyone always asked, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like, that question is so obsolete, right? Because it's, it implies that you can only and will only be one thing. And in our conversation, we really like uncovered that, hey, you might have many paths and you might do a lot of things. And um, I don't know, I love I loved your story. So I was hoping you could open with that and, and share. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I apologize, I always should write down things. I always forget, like, that's why I don't even write down recipes, like how I made something the first time. So if I miss something along the way, please add in, I'll be more than happy to circle back. Um, but really, you know, I um, grew up in a household that had a family run business. So I grew up where we had a a jewelry business. Uh, My mom was a special ed teacher and, um, you know, she always worked um, full time doing special ed, taking care of the kids and having tutoring as well. And my dad worked in the jewelry store uh, for our family business. And I grew up working in that business, too. So my parents always said, you know, don't become someone who teaches and don't go into retail. Right. (laughs) Like those are things that you should not do in your life. And so, you know, growing up, um, I studied a lot of different things and kind of wanted to go a lot of different directions and um, ended up in my life being exactly what they told me not to do, uh, going into sales and teaching people. (laughs) Um, So, but I think sometimes things um, go full circle in certain ways, right? Like we never know the path that um, the direction things are going to take you. And I think a lot of times it's the different mentors that you work with that kind of lead you down different pathways and give you different opportunities to grow. Um, it really was my my grandmother who taught my dad a lot of the business. My grandfather really ran the business, but really my grandmother was the voice behind it all, um, who taught them how to do it, how to you know do the operation, take care of the clients, take care of the customers in the day, and taught them the foundation of customer service. And I think all the roles that I've had in my in my life really have been around that customer service piece. I did retail for a really long time um, in my career. It's really um, after, you know, going to university and 
and studying. Um, I did some different roles in recruiting and some other jobs as well, but uh, went into retail and went into some different jobs. And of course, once again, my family telling me not to, that's what I did. Um, but that customer service aspect is something that I, I really enjoyed and loved, you know, having that mindset and that kind of control of knowing that you taking care of the customer and you knowing that they put the roof over your head and how you treat them and how they want to be treated, not necessarily how you want to be treated is so important. And taking care of that aspect every single time really embodied a lot of what I learned growing up and just continue to do that along the way until a family friend introduced me to, you know, current company being with BBJ LaTavola and kind of going in different directions here. I love that. I feel like sometimes what you're drawn to is just something innate within you, whether it's customer service or whatever it may be, like that's just kind of inside of you of like helping people and, you know, connecting with people. Like I, I wanted to do the opposite of what my parents wanted me to do too. Right? <laughs> so sometimes it's also that like you want to do the opposite of maybe what they want you to do because you're like, I can do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I tried really hard. I mean, they wanted me to be a lawyer. Um, I just didn't love school that much. I didn't want to go to school extra. Um, you know, I still, you know, laugh about it all the time. My dad wanted to be a lawyer, too. So um, I do contracts, though, for uh, BBJ LaTafla now. So I feel like I get that legalness of what I need, uh, which is fun. But, you know, sometimes you definitely rebel against it. And sometimes I feel like great leaders find certain strengths in you that make you go down different paths, right? Um, and obviously sales is the core of a lot of things that I've done um, and leading and developing people is a big part of that as you know as well too. Um, but when you have great leadership that finds things in you and says, you know, this is something that you're great at and you should focus on this and this is a pathway that you can work on, you know, that really helps you go down paths that you just didn't even know existed. You know, when someone approached me about coming to BBJ LaTavola, I didn't even know that people rented linens, you know, <laughs> I didn't even know it was a thing. You know, I thought people purchased linens for events. I mean, I had been to many weddings, many fundraisers. I thought the hotels owned them or the country clubs owned them. I had no idea that this, you know, event industry was a billion dollar industry that existed out there that um, that people were a part of. I didn't even know it was a career path option that um, that people did. So, you know, you just never know the path that someone's going to take you down. I think that it's so important just to be open to the idea that, you know, there isn't one pathway for people and there isn't one direction. And even studying a specific field or doing a certain trade, it doesn't mean that that's going to be your end job. That is just the entry of learning some foundational skills to where you could be and where you can go. That is so great. How do you empower your employees to maybe kind of be creative and follow their kind of path that was meant for them? Do you do that within your team or like how do you empower people to do that? Sure. So you know, we is uh, an organization, Right Hips. Um, I've we've done this in a lot of different ways in different companies, but here, what we do is we write um, in their developmental plans or what Hips are. They're high improvement developmental plans, and so they're not like a PIP, not a performance plan. They're fully developmental, and it's after ninety days. So what's really interesting about us as a company is that we do a thirty and sixty and ninety day check in 
during those 30, 60, 90 check-ins, it's a check-in on the company. So it's not how are you performing as an employee and are you able to do your job? Obviously, we make sure that they're ramping at the speed they need to, they have the tools they need to, but it's really are we performing at our job as a company and giving you all the tools that we're supposed to be giving you in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days for you to be at the performance you should be at? But then after that, we write a development plan based off of that individual. So what knowledge and tools do they need to learn? And the first few months of that development plan is really about their core job. So whatever that functionality is, whether they're an account executive, whether they're in accounting, whether they're part of the receiving team, you know, whatever team that they're part of, how do we make sure that they are elevated and really are empowered to understand their role in six months at the top experience so they can understand it? Then after six months with the company, we start working on the person. So what interests do they have? You know, what we have so many different parts of our organization. We're not just a linen rental company. Um, we have a design part of our business. We design our linens. We source our linens. We have a buyer side. We have marketing. We have accounting we have HR, everything we do in house. So, you know, what other interests do you have? And we do cross department education. Um, we give them the opportunity to work with the different departments, learn different aspects, give them time to develop, you know, their interest within, the, you know, that area. And whether it is working with those different departments to write SOPs, you know, give best practices, share part of their perspective from a different department's lens, whatever it might be to kind of grow within that team. And so that way, when there's an opening in a different area, someone wants to move in there or just get promoted within their own department, but really understand how all the gears work together, they have those aspects. And, you know, not that we want this to happen, but we want to give everyone the foundational tools to learn and grow. And if that means growing somewhere outside of our company, at least we've done our job as an organization to set them up for success. And, you know, we really empower our people to have those skills that they need to have, whether it is the communication, the customer service, um, if it's in sales, like how to truly write a roadmap, a market plan, you know, if it's um, ESL, if it's writing skills, whatever it might be that that person needs and is an individual, we want to give it to them so they can get to that next level. And we want them to be here. You know, we want them to grow with us. But we understand sometimes if they feel like they need to make steps in other places in order to grow. But we want them to be the best employee wherever they go. I love that, Eve. So it really sounds like you guys are really focused on your employees. Once you bring them in, you like you know that they are great at what they do. And you it sounds like you're super focused, hyper focused on them and their growth. I love that. You must have a really low turnover rate, I'm assuming, right? We do. Um, our average tenure here, if we look at, you know, the whole company, uh, which is about 600 team members plus, um, is around 20 years. So wow. that is, kind of, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of remarkable, um, especially in this day and age. And also the fact that, you know, about 80% of our team members are doing labor a lot of the time. And so, but those, you know, a lot of our folks that are in our warehouse, um, we have a 90% internal promotion rate. Wow. So it's, 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 quite high right. and we want to make it even higher and part of that is our growth we've had a lot of growth as a company since we've been around uh, over 30 you know eight years but also kind of the future of where we're going um 
and the future of where they can be. And I think that the team really sees that too. That helps mm-hmm. with the retention is that they have a voice in where we're going to go. They have a voice in the direction. And as we plan on our volume increasing, you know, as the growth of what we're seeing, right. that means opportunities are there for them. I love that. That's such a huge plug for small to mid-sized businesses. Why would why would talented people want to go work for these large organizations that are currently laying off a ton, right? You're nothing but a number there. And you've got you know, a company like BBJ Latova, Latova, oh my gosh. You're good. Latavala. Latavala. Say that five times fast. Latavala. Yes, if you want to be. Latovala. Yes. I like that. (laughs) I mean, that's such a huge, I think a huge investment in your employees and not a lot of, even, even the small companies, even though they care about their employees, I don't necessarily see them doing that. So I think that's, that's like a huge value add to any business owner that needs to kind of pick it up and really show that they're, you know, paying attention to their employees. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we've been family owned, we've been, we're PE now. And I think, you know, if you think of this size organization, whether we were 200 people or 600 people that we are now, you know, giving your people the voice to make the difference in where you go, that's what all generations want. You know, if you think of the generational gaps, and we talk so much about like the generational differences that we have in our work pool right now, and there are so many, um, you know, we have four different generations working right now. Um, but crazy. one thing, right? But one <laughs> thing that's truly, you know, the same is that we all want our voice to be heard and we want to make a difference. And that might mean something different in each generation, how they want their voice heard and how they want to communicate. But that's universally the same. Mm-hmm. Now, I was over here taking notes and I was kind of writing the same thing that Ashley just said about employee retention. And that's such a huge topic right now, whether or not companies are doing layoffs, but also in, uh, employees wanting to stay at their current company, especially throughout the past mm-hmm. couple of years. That's huge. And the fact that your employee retention rate is as high as, as it is, that's that says a lot and about the culture there, about the management, how things are ran, it's, that's huge. So it's a huge selling point whenever hiring new employees as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, I think our industry in general, um, you know, we, we've gone through a lot of changes, the event industry. And, you know, in the midst of the pandemic, a lot of us talked about kind of like that phoenix of what we're coming through as a company, um, going through it all and the boom of what we saw last year. But that was really just the tip of the iceberg of what we're seeing in the event world. So it's a really interesting time for us as as an industry in general, because the progression of what we're seeing this next year, I mean, event spaces are sold out for next year. Mm -hmm. Um, Corporations are back. And so we have this double down of of social business happening, corporate business coming back, and the future of what we see, people want to be together. People Mm -hmm. want to celebrate. People want to have, you know, time to be able to, whether it's a birthday party or quinceanera wedding or a gala, like they want these events. And our industry has this great rejuvenation of what it is. And, you know, the industry had a fallout with people because it had that mass change. Um, But, you know, we were very lucky to to go through it differently as a company, um, cause we pivoted very fast, but you know, as an industry, it was different. 
Um, but, you know, we also are going through that Phoenix as well, too, where because we've been around for so long, right. we have a lot of newness coming in our company, too, where we've had a lot of team members that have been with us for 20 years, 30 years, you know, and some of them retired. Some of them decided that during the pandemic, they were like, OK, I've been around for 25 years. Now I'm just going to retire and it's time. So we've had to bring in a lot of new people as well. But the great thing about that is, is this wonderful new perspective of how we do business, a new way of how we're doing things with our really experienced and seasoned team members kind of guiding the light as well, too. So it's really exciting to see kind of the blend of the two worlds together. That's interesting. So you feel like obviously you guys went through this huge crash. I hate to, I don't know. I don't even want to really talk about 2020, right? It's so played out, but to your point, you're an event company that is your business. So you guys must've been for lack of a better term, freaking out during that time. Is there like one, and you mentioned a couple different things or you highlighted a couple different things just recently, but was there like a specific thing that made you guys kind of come into this rebirth of, okay, we're going to do this differently this way this time and and did it what what was it was it one thing was it a couple things how did you kind of like reinvent yourself and kind of come out of the ashes yeah i mean we you know we um we never really stopped uh we only shut down for a week which is very different than everyone else i know it's um we're very fortunate um because we have all of our sewers in house and we have mills relationship with mills all over the world we pivoted and we made gowns for hospitals so um we made a quick decision made gowns for hospitals we supported a lot of hospitals and hospitals in need not hospitals that had this the spend and fund to be able to buy that were getting the gowns we actually targeted the hospitals that couldn't find gowns and we did it at cost um and we did it at cost to keep our lights on and our warehouse team members here and so and actually our team members designed the gowns to get them approved so this was all you know a team effort so we were functioning um as an organization obviously not in the same capacity in any such way, but functioning as an organization while we shut down. But during all this time, you know, one of the things I think as we continue to look forward is who we were going to be is our relationship with our clients. You know, it was a really challenging time for us to um, have, we had less people, you know, communicating with clients, but the relationship parts were really important. You know, having that face-to-face conversations and making sure that our clients felt like that we weren't their vendor, that we were still part of their team. And as they were going through that mass change themselves, you know, they had to furlough people, they had to let people go, they had massive changes, there were dominoes happening all throughout the industry with people changing over. We really had to be there as our partner to our team, whether it was, you know, just having a conversation with them, being there, just having, you know, just talking it out. I want to say they're therapists, but (laughs) like a retail therapist, right? But like just being their person. Um, And even though there wasn't business to be had because the events weren't going on in some markets, we just needed to be their friend and be be their support. And that was a big part of it. And as we kind of came out of it, you know, we wanted to continue that message with our clients is that we're not just here to work on your orders and help you with your design and and be that fashion part of your business. Like, of course, that is what we do. I mean, we're your linen company, but we're also your your 
your sounding board. You know, we want to be that conversation you have that you just need to talk something out or you have an idea or you're trying to build your business and you want to talk through some business development. We're, we're your partner. We're here to help you. And, and we want you to feel that way. And we're not just this vendor. And that's a big message that we want to continue to carry out as an organization and as a culture, as a company is we're not just a vendor. Right. And, I, you know, that that came through. I feel like the, the companies, the organizations, the people who who picked themselves up through that time and just kind of ran and did different things or just kind of um, morphed and changed and did what they could in the moment really have um, succeeded really well. Well, it's the companies that truly care right. about what you're doing and that passion about helping people. Like you said, I, I loved everything that you just said because I feel like that's how we operated too when no one was hiring. It's like, you're just there as an ear, as a listening you know, friend, like you said, yeah. just for someone to talk to. That's and how the podcast came about. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I feel like that's how you're in Lennon's and in the event space and we're in staffing, but we can relate so well because mm -hmm. we care about what we do. And it's, it's in the end, it's all about helping people being there, being passionate about what you do. So I completely relate to everything you just said. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I hundred percent feel like y'all's organization of that same cultural vibe that you truly care about the end of, you know, that your team and your clients in the day, like you bring in your clients as part of your family and you want to understand what their needs are and understand truly what makes them tick. Like, who are they as a, is a living organism, right? As that family. And really, you know, each company is exactly that. They're a family, family dynamic, how they operate, who does what, um, what kind of personalities are the most successful, you know, at the end of the day, and who does the best to strive in that in those places. And y'all really take the time to understand that. So that makes a lot of sense that y'all did something similar because that's, you know, that's what it's about. It's it's relationship building. And if you only look at your partners as commodities, you lose. Mm -hmm. Totally. What advice would you give a new person on your team that is looking to maybe they like, oh, I love, um, you know, sales. I just want to, you know, be the best salesperson that I can be. But how do you help them like tap into like their true um, passion or like, you know, three years down the road, how to uh, down the road, how to grow into that person that is just, you know, the ultimate success of what you think they can be? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think, you know, there's a combination of fundamentals of sales, right? Like I always say, there's no magic pill, there's not a magic dust, right? Like Jack and the Beanstalk or whatever is not going to come down and give you a, a, you know, a pill to be the best salesperson you'll ever be. <laughs> Um, there's, there's not a magic formula. There's really basics when it comes to sales. It's truly building the funnel, understanding your market, knowing how to do analysis on where your clients are and where you can grow, understanding, you know, the company as a whole, where it is. Also understanding, you know, if you're missing something compared to the company, why are you missing it? Is it because of the market? Is it because of you're truly just missing it? Make partners in the industry be part of the community. That is a huge part of it. You know, especially in our world, 
in the event industry, and I think this is, you know, very true in a lot of businesses, you have to be part of the community. You know, you can't just fly by night. It's like being part of a gym, right? You can pay for a gym, but if you don't go, you're not getting anything in return. It's the same thing with being in the event world and a lot of other groups, you know, and companies like this, you have to be active in the community. You have to give back, you know, whatever that might be, whether it's being part of a catering organization, an event organization, a design organization, um, a nonprofit organization that gives back and does fundraising for those in need for weddings or those in need for, um, you know, raising money nonprofit wise, whatever it might be, you should be a part of that. So that way you're not just asking in the industry, you're giving to be a part of it as well too. That makes great sales because it's not one-sided. You know, you have to look at everything at multiple sides and not just the event side of the part of the business too. You know, join your local um, chamber land or chamber group. You know, that B2B business sometimes gives people ways of looking at business differently Differently, and sometimes you find contacts that are not your standard contacts in the industry and you find ways in that you normally wouldn't find. It's just going to your normal meeting that every other salesperson is going to. That really helps drive the needle and moves where you need to go and use your peers too. You know, I always think about when I hire someone, I always want the person to be smarter than me. Always. And they usually are because that's just, you know, that's that's what we hire. And because they want to, I want to learn from them. And so you should think of that way about who we bring into the company. You should think that way about your peers. You should think that way about your leadership. You should think of that way about everyone in the company. There's something you can learn from everyone. And you should take those tools and that information to really be able to grow and make yourself stronger. I love and that. And organization too. I love, no, no, I love that perspective, Eve, because I think if you, if you have that mindset of, hey, this person's probably smarter than me in these areas, or there's something I can learn from this person, you're going to treat them with respect and kindness. And that's just going to snowball, right? And, and it's going to be catchy. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah, that is great advice for anyone, Mm -hmm. you know, in life. I love it. Oh, real. I do have a question for you that I wrote down. I have to ask you. So in our conversations earlier, you mentioned that you were in the role that you're meant to be in, which I thought was said so beautifully. What does that feel like, right? Because a lot of our our listeners, they um, love what they, they're doing, or maybe there's like a, there's a piece that, that maybe they feel is off. So like, can you maybe explain what that feels like being in the role that you feel like you're meant to be in? Absolutely. Um, so I'll step back and say that I've been in roles that I have not meant to be in. And I think that's why I know I'm in the role that I should be in. Um, I've been worked, you know, obviously in a lot of different positions, um, ground up and worked my way up in a lot of companies. And here in this organization started as a director of sales and came from leadership and loved working with the sales team. I have had almost every market in this company. I have clients all over the country that I still speak to. And I loved working with the team, love working with the clients. I love looking at sales algorithms and helping people grow and um, been a part of custom and a lot of other things. And at one point in my life in the organization, uh, my peers Volan told me to be the leader of sales. So I ran sales for the whole company for about uh, a little under two years. Um, had the great privilege of meeting a lot of different members of leadership and board and things of that nature and go through a transition in our company. 
And I did it because my peers asked me to. And I have a lot of great, truly close friends that have helped me be in the position that I am today in this company because they've given me a lot of education and support and a great leader who I wouldn't be in the position that I am today without our CEO and the gentleman that he is and the guidance and tools that he's given me over the last few years. So it was a great opportunity, but it was not the right position. (laughs) And I say that because I know my strengths and you have to kind of learn that the hard way. You know, I always in my younger career mindset and not that I'm older in my career, but I wanted the job, you know, I always thought I was ready for that next position. And I asked for the next job, not understanding what that would mean and not understanding the foundations of what that was. And sometimes I had opportunities given and worked to get them. And sometimes I didn't. And I would leave companies because I always thought the grass would be greener and learned very hard that the grass was not greener uh, sometimes when I would go certain places. I was really fortunate when I came to it was BBJ at the time, but BBJ Latavla that, you know, the grass was getting greener and became very green where I am here now. But it took a lot of work to understand where I needed to be. And now that I'm in a role that I truly get to help people and develop people, I know that this is the right position for me because part of what my job is, is training for the whole organization. And to me, that foundational ability to watch someone grow and be the most successful that they can be and watch them get promoted, watch them strive, the confidence that they get to build, like that is just, that beats anything, period, at the end of the day. You know, there is, we're, I'm very taken care of emotionally, financially, all those other things here in the company. So I'm not saying anything against any of those, but that has nothing to do with like how much my bucket is filled when someone gets that like confidence boost and developmental boost, you know? And I have a few other hats in the organization that I really enjoy doing because it fills like my competitiveness, my creativeness and all those other things too. Um, But that to know how much I love that and get that development. And so I think, Sometimes you just have to realize that you may ask for something and it's not, if you have a good leader, you have to let them bring you down the right pathway. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And I love keyword, you have to ask for something if you really want it too. If you don't ask, mm-hmm. you're never gonna, you may never get it, right? Yeah. Um, and then also question for you. So right now you are in the position that you were meant to be in but we're always continuously growing. So that may change down the road, right? And absolutely. So there's never like, it's not like this is like, okay, now I'm in my final destination or or whatever, we're always growing. So there could be another opportunity that you may grow in down the road and we're always, you know, still growing and being better and doing better. So it's the journey, right? It's the journey. Mm-hmm. Yes. But right now Absolutely. you are in where you're meant to be. Right now, this time in my life, this time in the company, this is exactly where I need to be. But, you know, I do see the future of where we're going. And, you know, we're currently working with a lot of our team members to develop them to someone to take over training, someone to take over some national, someone to take over, you know, and run our custom department. All these aspects and hats that I have is part of my my role. You know, we'll have 
managers, leaders in that position at some point. And so that gives me other opportunities to do other things in the company and gives them opportunities to grow and be developed as well, too. So, you know, I think you always have to push yourself to learn and also push others too. And so, um, so I, you know, absolutely. I, I think that it's more about knowing, being uncomfortable sometimes, trying things that maybe someone asks you to do that you're like, ooh, I don't know if that would be the right job for me, but you try it because someone has faith in you to, to try a different role and experiencing and learning from it and learning from what you do well. And, you know, I had a very good friend in college, one of my favorite quotes ever, I will never forget from her that she told me in life, there is no thing, no such thing at all for mis- about mistakes. Everything is practice in life, right? There's never a mistake. That's a good and one. so, you know, I feel the same way in work, like you make mistakes and you learn from them and you have to take rest to learn. Mm-hmm. No, that is a great quote. I'm so glad you said that because I had practice circled big in my notes from when we chatted. I'm so glad you brought that up. That is a beautiful quote. I love that. I feel like I, I'm trying to pull that into my life more, whether it's like with my kids work, you know, when they bring it home and they bring home like a bad grade, it's like, okay, it's fine. This is a good thing. We're going to learn from this. And I try to make it more positive because it's like, you, how are you going to learn if you don't practice? Right. Right. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, And don't rush it. Don't rush. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even LeBron, even LeBron James, you know, loses a game here and there. Right. I mean, like it just happens. So like you have to learn, you have to fail to learn. Right. Doesn't mean how hard you have to fail. You know, (laughs) hopefully you'll fail super hard, but you have to, you have to hurt a little bit in order to feel that great success and Mm -hmm. to, to learn what works well for you. That is great advice. I I love love it. Eve, this has been such an enjoyable conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your insight with us and the listeners. I look forward to all the great things for BBJ Latavla, for you and your team in the upcoming years. And Latavla just rolled off your tongue so beautifully. (laughs) Mine was like hitting a brick wall, but I'm practicing. I, I think it's perfect. We, you know, in, in-house, we just call it BBJLT. So you can just call it the nice. in-house. Team. I like um, it. I like it. But thank you. Can be part of the inner circle. Sounds good. I, I like, like that. <laughs> but thank you so much for being on here. Um, you know, please to our listeners, like, subscribe, rate us. We want to hear what questions you have for us or maybe for Eve. And then we'll get those over to her. Um, but until next time, live bold and boss up.